It wouldn't matter if it were bars. I'm not going to end a strike unless you meet our demands. Mom, we shouldn't be fighting. We're brothers. Not when it comes to business. We're nothing but an employer and employee. You've said so yourself. I was wrong. No. You weren't. Rom, can't we talk about this? There's only one thing I have to say to you. Workers of the world, unite. You have nothing to lose but your chains. Well, hello and welcome to Tarek Noir. My name is Joe and I'm here with my brother Matthew and we're here every week to recap Star Trek Deep Space Nine. If you'd like to meet us on the promenade, then be sure to follow at Tarek Noir on Twitter to see your latest polls, memes, and other ridiculous tweets. Today we are talking about Season 4, Episode 15, Bar Association. The story was by Barbara J. Lee and Jennifer Ailey. The teleplay was written by Robert Hewitt Wolf and Ira Stephen Bear. And the episode was directed by LeVar Burden. So Matthew, have you ever given yourself an ear infection because of too much umox? Not an ear infection. Yeah. And not for lack of trying. Well, fair. Um, I, I have a lot of questions. Um, I'm not, not necessarily about Rom not having a sex life. Like it attracts, like it's very much like a low hanging fruit joke. Yeah. It doesn't have a sex life, but it's also like, but it also tracks. So that's fine. But how, like, is it the intensity? Is it the frequency? Is it the implements that he is putting in his ear? Like, there's just a lot of questions. Like, I know that there's, you know, people can get infections by uh, sounding with the wrong equipment because uh, they don't know what they're doing or not uh, properly sanitizing sounding equipment. So that can be a situation. Sounding? Like a, sounding. It's when you put a, uh, like a stainless, like surgical steel rod uh, through your urethra. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kink shaming. I'm kink questioning. <laughs> um, well, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily going to result in an ear infection, but uh, if it's anything like what could, uh, okay, Rob uh -huh. was doing, he didn't sound dissatisfied with what he had, with the attempts that he had been making in regards to Umox. All he said was it was too much. But he didn't say that it was bad. So here's a couple things. Not king shaming, just king questioning. Here's no. here's a couple things. Go ahead. Um, Rom is not young. At Rom at at Rom's age, you got to be uh you got to be kinder to yourself. One like if if you're in need to such a degree that you are getting infections. Then maybe you've got underlying issues that should be uh dealt with with the okay. with the with the station counselor. Um oh, we're not there yet. So, I don't know if that's secondly, 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 um that frequency is a young person's game. It is a young and person. You gotta you gotta let your body like 
recover. You got to be kind again. You got to be kinder to yourself. Yeah. And let your body recover. Um, you know, because you're not you're not sixteen. Um, I, I, and yeah. then and then number three, at your big age, you got to be sanitized. Like you got to have hygiene for sure. But I also fully believe that um, uh, there are those individuals that are are not properly educated on how best to take care of themselves. There are still people in their 40s, 50s, however, that do not know how to properly bathe and wash their booty holes. So I totally believe that he's not properly sanitizing or whatever. I believe it. But he should. I'm saying that he he should. should. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't a question of, uh, you know. (laughs) Of believability? (laughs) Yeah, this is is a question of... It's like, all under the realm of possibility. Everything. You just got to do better. I'm just saying you got to do better. Be best. It's okay. Um, it's okay to to say. I think you need to do better. In fact, I yeah. think that it's like you have good people around you if they'll tell you you need to do better. Oh, for sure, that is very true. You know, um, and uh, and Rom doesn't have good people around him because clearly, really, he only has Cork at this point, and. Uh, Quark is not looking out for Rom, as we know. Okay, so I... uh, mm, Okay, so maybe it's just because I've been watching way too much Succession right now uh, lately, but, like, the whole blending um, the lines between, like, parent and child, a la Roman Roy. This ear infection happened after Nog left the station. Is there a world in which Nog is the one that is, like parenting his own parent in terms of like hey dad you gotta remember to wash all of your umox tools and you gotta remember to take it easy but now rom doesn't have nog in his life a parental child parental figure and so now everything's gone to shit is that what's happened uh that's certainly possible you know um i would say that in my years i've seen um some like fiction nonfiction videos of people you know unlocking themselves okay and sometimes uh documentary films if you were yeah and and there was like a phase in the early 2000s maybe where it was just like what kind of weird things could um someone use in they're any and like people are out here with cucumbers with soda bottles with like like stick shifts in cars and it was just like why are we why are you why are you doing this why do you need to it was just like i looked at them the way i looked at like white dudes who were just like during that like extreme er era where it's like oh we're gonna do like the craziest prank in the world i'm like why why are you doing that yeah, like, li- like life's not complicated enough. Like I think, like is is Rom, is Rom using, like just like everyday items or things around when maybe like just u- use a dedicated uh, instrument apparatus. Um, first of all, I don't know if that was just a phase. I'm quite positive, depending on where you look on the internet, you might be able to find. Uh, similar, more modern documentary films uh, regarding the use of um, a variety of household objects as implements. Yeah, and I um, and I I disagree. 
I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, I'm settled in, you know, like there's always, we're always going to learn things about ourselves. We always are going to discover new things, but I'm pretty settled in my uh, disinterest in such, such things. So maybe it's, you know, self-selection that I say that this was from sure. yeah. some, some long time ago. Obviously, I'm not saying that this, that such things no longer exist. I'm saying that, that you, I have no, inter- I, I don't even have. Like bef- like before, it was um, more of like a a curiosity rather than a peaking of interest, if you will. It was just like like what am I see? What is this, and what am I looking at right now? Sure. And I don't, and I don't even feel like I don't feel that curiosity more. I'm very settled in. Um, I think that I think that this is maybe that's you know maybe Much- this isn't the healthiest thing. Much in the way someone does a uh, Wikipedia deep dive, uh, just a curious, you know, Wikipedia deep dive, just exploring any, you know, things that are out there. Is that how you would describe it? And you, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, to explore. That's a real, it's a real thing though, where you're like, you may be, you may be showing up to um, a video site for one purpose and then the algorithm takes you down a road. And then all of a sudden it does become more of a fact finding mission than, what you were originally there for that and at some point at some point down that road you have to be like okay am i still trying to get to the same destination and if so i need to like make a turn somewhere it it becomes where you know say that if you're if you're late for a meeting you just drive straight there like if you have somewhere urgent to be you just go straight there but if you yeah. have a little bit of extra time, you left a little bit early, you gave yourself a little bit more time to explore. If you accidentally head down a side road, you know, because like traffic blockage or whatever, it's like, well, let's just keep seeing where this goes, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, 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 you had you a have to turn back on the route to get you to where you're going. Yeah. You had like a playlist, you know, that was already yeah. going yeah. and, you know, you're just kind of chilling and yeah, maybe, maybe there's a detour. And maybe uh, you don't need to go to that part of town again. Uh, but then, sometimes there's a detour, and you're like, "Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Let me come back." So you sometimes you just have to put a pin in the map, um, bookmark it, what have you. Just, yeah. You know, memorize like the the surrounding sites, uh, mm-hmm. so you can make sure that you get your bearings the next time that you're there. Just kind of yep. like, oh, okay, yes, landmarks. They all look familiar. Yeah. Yeah, there's some neighborhoods, you know, I've lived in Los Angeles for a long time. And um, over those years, there have been different, you know, uh, you know, Los Angeles is a sprawling city made up of different neighborhoods and, and sub cities. And but given where you work or what your interests are at any particular time, yeah. maybe you have, you know, I had an era where I was in the valley for work and I explored yeah. the valley quite a bit. I knew all the, all the spots. Lots um, of people have explored the valley. That's what turns out related related yes <laughs> um and uh i worked right next to to uh to one of these video studios when um, I, when i worked uh <laughs> at the apple store uh i worked at the apple store in the valley and we often had uh you know workers of the world um coming into our store um and uh and you know every now and then sometimes you have to help out a porn director on uh how to navigate uh you know their uh what is it? Final cut while you're working on one of the documentary films that they have made and you just have to navigate them around the different tools within final cut. 
while you're watching. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Skelly is the paid actor. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're out of line. Horn, what are you talking about? I'm disgusted. What, what are you talking about? I can't believe that we talked 10 minutes straight about masturbation. and uh, Have you been speaking of this this whole time? My dog objects. Spent 10 minutes just talking about Rom yanking it. My dog um, strenuously objects. <laughs> oh, strenuously. Rom, okay. Rom stre strenuously objected. <laughs> His ear strenuously objected. What? Okay, how? I mean, like, I know that there's doctor-patient, you know, confidentiality and all that. When Bashir was like looking around in his ear, do you do you feel like Bashir might have been like, even for me, even <laughs> for me? <laughs> um, all right, should we get into talking about Bashir? I don't know. Bashir does Bashir umlocks rarely because I think that Bashir's uh, pretty act pretty active in these streets. Um, and Bashir, when he does though. There are candles, there's a bath, there's a bottle of wine, and there's mirrors. I was right outside. There's there's mirrors uh everywhere. Um and uh you know, I, I hope they have good cleaning products, uh, you know, high quality Windex for it. No, Bashir is uh very sanitary. I believe I believe that um Bashir keeps keeps that, you know, very mm, you're clean. probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. I guess we can ask Lita because they're a couple now. So that's fun. Uh, let's get yeah. into talking about uh, today's episode and uh, we'll spend more time talking about Rom, but probably less time talking about uh, his Zumox. Uh, is there another, is there something else happening in this episode? Is it famous for anything else? Uh, I've heard it's famous for other things, uh, namely Worf moving to the Defiant. Very famous. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Workers of the world unite. It's time to form a union. After Rom heads the infirmary for a nasty ear infection, he tells Bashir that Quark doesn't provide employees with sick days. Bashir throws a little bug in Rom's ear, suggesting he should form a union. After Quark decides to roll back salaries for all employees, Rom does just that, getting all of Quark's employees on board to form a union. They present their list of demands to Quark, who in turn laughs in their face, and the union decides to strike, garnering support from a number of folks on the station. However, it also garners the attention of Brunt, FCA, who decides to use some classic intimidation techniques to shut the union down, including beating up Quark. Rom and Quark hash, hash it out, and Quark agrees to the union's demands as long as they dissolve the union completely. After Rom's success, he realizes that he can do better on his own instead of as an employee of Quark's as he becomes the station's newest diagnostic and repair technician, Night Shift. Oh, and also Worf moves his quarters from the station to the Defiant because he's an introvert or whatever. Um, all right, so Matthew, there was a lot to like about this episode. This is a, a you know, famous episode. It has spawned memes. It has spawned a lot of great uh, digital art and also print art that was heavily in use during last year's WGA and uh, SAG strikes. Um, not to mention, like, this is kind of, like, this is very much like the... Um, the high point of the uh uh the reworking of rom as a character like we're at the point where this is 
it's not the full peak of his character, but this is like we are fully heading in a new direction for Rom. Uh, so, Matthew, what works for you in this episode? Well, number one, um, this was in heavy use um, with the Writers uh, Guild as well as the Actors Guild. It wasn't in the third striking body, the Directors Guild, because they signed off immediately. 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 There was not time to print a single meme. Um, yeah. What I liked about this episode is that um, Bashir actually like set off this whole strike. Right. I, I completely forgot that it was Bashir that actually started things. Like I always associate um, Miles' whole speech about uh, his, you know, his ancestor, Sean O'Brien, that he was not just a hero, he was a union man. But I completely forgot that it wasn't even O'Brien that kicked it all off in the first place. Um, yeah, also funny that O'Brien's got, you know, a from Ireland Irish accent when his his family's been living like outside of Philly for the last hundreds of years. Um but anyways, I mean no, like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> well, his family is back in Dublin because when Cisco went back to Earth, like he was like he asked Odo to stop by and visit his family in Dublin. So it looks like it was a uh, I don't know if it was well, I mean, I guess he at some point in time migrated to the States and then eventually were like, nope. Maybe during the Irish unification of 2024, perhaps. Oh, good for them. Hey, yeah. it's coming true, too. Uh, no, Bashir, it was really funny because Bashir's just like, Bashir's just saying shit and he doesn't expect that anyone's listening or will actually like do anything about it. As someone who just says some shit, like I can relate. There will be times where like someone will be like, oh no, you think this or you believe this or you, because you said such and such. And I'm like, oh, I was just talking, you know? I was just saying shit. I'm not, you know, I wasn't trying to like, you know, write a thesis, but some people are listening. Our you know? our family is very known for just saying shit and be like, oh, oh, real, oh, oh, you were listening. Oh, and you, you were, oh, okay, and that that has uh, impacted your life for the past ten years. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, interesting. <laughs> wow. I, I, I frequently just say shit. And don't I have no recollection. It's just. It's just something that was like in the air and then it was gone. Um, yeah, that's, that's... No, but it's funny that like, so, you know, Bashir, the, um, you know, the intellectual, the top of his class, minus one, you know, he's just like throwing out theory. He has no idea that anybody actually like takes action, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't even cross his mind that someone would actually do the work. He's just, right. uh, he's just someone who talks. It was all theoretical, and Ron was like, yeah, and I put your theory into practice. Now what? Let's fucking go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, really, really funny. Speaking of, like, characters, uh, you know, like Miles and, and Bashir, I really enjoyed how the writers decided to, like, um, explicitly characterize which characters on the station are pro-union and which ones are anti-union like obviously it makes sense that miles is pro-union you know like sure his family is a union man like you know it's just he's he is the epitome of working class on the station like ds9 right. is like 
in many ways a very working class show and he is just the working class of the working class um so obviously it makes sense and then having odo being anti-union is like yeah he's he's a fucking cop of course he's anti-union uh i mean i'm sure there's a constable union somewhere like there's a you know the police union but like they're not they're not they're not a union union yeah they're not yeah they're not on the side of labor they are yeah anyways police police (laughs) again the police modern day policing the police that we understand to be police were created through um slave patrols uh like native extermination squads and strike busters so a a long and proud tradition (laughs) they Uh, they work they work for the man to keep the rest of us in order as odo says he cares about order he he doesn't like a mob um and frankly having Worf be i feel like i i kind of read this situation with Worf two different ways that either he doesn't care about union nonsense or he just wanted to go into quarks when it was empty because it was empty like i think that that's the more likely scenario that given that he's spends the entire episode trying to get away from everyone and like ends up living on the defiant like i can definitely see a scenario where he's just like oh wait no one's in quarks right now bet let me go in there yeah the the wharf being in there and them giving a fight over it made no sense to me um that was like the most inexplicable story in this whole episode i i liked the idea that O'Brien is like, oh no, my friends are not going to be anti-union. My friends are not going to be fucking scabs. Like, I right? Like but that. but how did it turn into a a physical fight? I don't know. That's not like that's something like. Do we see them giving in fights often? You know, there's a star there's Starfleet officers. It, um, Worf can't care about Worf. I promise, doesn't give a shit about any of this stuff like he's not anti-union he might not know what a union is like you know like he's just uh like him going into quirks in the first place was kind of a stretch because he doesn't really fuck with anybody in there but like your explanation of oh there's an empty place i can go great then that then that makes sense but um yeah like them getting into into a physical fight just is weird i I feel like i feel like to kind of like game out the scenario i feel like miles went in there is like hey no friend of mine is going to be a fucking scab you need to get the hell out and worf is like i just want to chill here and be by myself and miles just continuing to get more and more like no 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 no. you need to leave like it's going to look bad like it's just you know we're here for the worker blah 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 and then he probably got up into Worf's face and Worf is like, are you fucking stupid? Like, are you a, why are you trying to fight and start a fight with me? B, why are you trying to start a fight with me? And then Bashir trying to get in the middle and then falling over a table. Which, like, so, so like, so that if we get to this point and I will move on, I'm sorry <laughs> to, I'm sorry to belabor this, but like, <laughs> If you get to a point where that's all happening, the like, if there's a if there's like a real fight, then I'm sorry, but um, O'Brien's soft ass is getting bounced up out of there. Um, and that's yeah. not an even fight. 
No. And number two, if like nobody really has any damage, which means that this thing like got stopped. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. And if this thing stopped immediately, why are they in a holding cell? I think that Cisco like, you can't you can't like, like be silly. But they were in a holding cell before Cisco got involved. Yeah, because Odo is like always gets a hard on for arresting people. But if <laughs> the the homies, sorry, I thought we were, getting... I thought we were gone. I thought we had moved on from Moomox, but uh, I guess not. Sorry, continue. The homies aren't getting thrown into jail, um, for like a loud argument, which is basically like all that happens. Is but anyways. But... It's Anyways, sure I just think it's, it's the least plausible part. Of yeah, that's episode. all. That's all I'm saying. But also, I can see that Odo is just like already aggravated with this whole strike business. That he's like, "Fuck it, I am arresting someone. I can't arrest the strikers, but I can arrest you people." I don't know. Again, you know, he just Anyways. like arresting people. Um, speaking of the picket line, what didn't work for you? Um. <laughs> That you said just now that like the people crossing makes sense, yeah. And the people, the the people that crossed, who were like, "Oh yeah, like I'm going in." So it was like the Vulcan doesn't go in because they're they're college educated they're and smart, yeah. you know. Unlike the rest of the, you know, like southern red state <laughs> fatties, like sure. you know, we got these two fat guys walking in. Look at these gluttons. Nothing can stop them from getting what they want. They don't have solidarity with anyone. They're only they're only looking for solids to put in their own stomachs. Like what I mean, come on. Okay. I they I I see what you're saying. These those two characters were packleds. And if you remember, there's the TNG episode where um the Enterprise comes across a packled ship that's like having engine problems. So Jordy beams over um to help them out, and then they decided to kidnap jordy because jordy right. will make them go fast or whatever yeah. like that, that's what they say yeah. so they're just they're dumb fat people like they're just dumb fat guys yes and again we have, so, the, yeah, we have the blue saying. state college educated coastal elites who know who know to uh you know to at least to virtue signal and not go in there and then we've got the dumb fat gluttonous uh you know uneducated simpletons who uh who go in sure i'm just, I, I'm just saying uh you know from the right like the writers are out there like on the nose with everything here yeah that's where it kind of shows um you know they show their ass a little bit that's all I'm saying. i mean yeah it's <clears throat> listen it's not like there isn't a proud tradition of fat phobia in hollywood um in hollywood and literature like it's it's yeah, it's that's totally valid. Um, I will say that the Packleds get a like enhanced storylines in Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, in the first two three seasons. I think. Oh maybe. yeah, it's like the, ch- the children's show is doing better about uh, those prejudices. I mean, Lower Decks has dick jokes, so I don't know if I would classify that as a children's show. Uh, it's the adult animated show. Um, you know. Kids make dick jokes. I don't know if you if you recall fifth grade. Uh, I don't recall fifth grade. Well, there were uh, a lot of dick jokes. 
I mean, I believe that. No, it's it's the the quote unquote adults show, but um, but yeah. So yay for the like, which are, oh, prodigies the kids one. Prodigies the kids one. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's waiting on the second season. Uh, we're getting a new Voyager. The Voyager A is going to be in the in the. No, no, then nobody gives a shit about the Voyager. Uh, I no, it, differ. Don't no, but don't nobody care about that dumbass shit. And that is. Not the case. I said swing by Star Trek Twitter, and you'll see that that is not at all the case. The uh, um, the uh, it's not the drive section. The saucer section is like kind of Voyager shaped, and then the drive section, the nacelles are a little bit Enterprise E looking. We don't have a full image of the entire uh, um, Voyager A, which is a Lamar class uh, named after Hedy Lamar. Um, hopefully when the when the season when season two drops, then we'll be able to finally. See I thought it. that I thought that you were against Picard and all the uh, the nostalgia porns. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am. The good thing is, is that this is an animated show, so that helps a little bit better. How? Um, how? Huh? They're still they're still making they're still just doing um, derivatives. Because I don't have to see eighty-year-old men doing accent action scenes, so that you just That's totally fine. You I'll, were you, you got that. you got all on me for being like I I don't know watching eighty-year-olds like do shit makes me look feel uncomfortable. Oh, uncomfortable! You said that's blah blah blah. The way you were saying that, but anyways. Oh yeah, no, it uh, definitely sounded much weirder from from me than from you saying the same thing. But yes. <laughs> um. Anyways. Oh man, can we just? I, I'm gonna let you show. do a solo pod. There's I just feel. Stuff. I feel very content with with the moment that just transpired. I'm sure you I'm do. Good to, I'm good to log off. I'm Are we sure still... you do. Okay. <laughs> I thought I had more to say, but I really don't. Okay. <laughs> uh, what didn't work for me in this episode was the Worf storyline. Like there was like five different things happening with Worf. There was Worf and Dax like kind of flirting about you know, needing repairs. There was Worf um, being annoyed about security stuff on the station and then just getting his ass handed to him, which we'll talk more later. Um, and then just him overall being like, oh, I don't like the station. And I'm just like not used to it or whatever. And then deciding to live on the Defiant. I don't know. Because like he misses being on a spaceship or whatever. It just seems very strange. And, like, why? I guess, for me, it's like, why are we still doing... It's halfway into the season. Why are we still doing Worf adjusting to life on the station storylines when they weren't ever that fun to begin with? You know, Because it's the writers adjusting to Worf on the station. The writers don't know what to do with... Haven't known what to do with Worf. So and they're the ones so that are going to have to adapt to me? They're... Yeah. So, the, like... The writers are are like expressing. The writers are are putting on to the screen the reality of what it's been like this this whole time. It's an acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. I think it's an acknowledgement of uh, yeah, like it's kind of a weird fit. Yeah, it doesn't like exactly work the the same way. You know, like even just Worf like commanding the Defiant like. Okay, that just is a thing that happens. Um, just like kind of out of nowhere, you know, just like we're trying to find things for him to do. And uh, I think that they're, they've had several moments this season where it feels like 
they're they're like, okay, this is what we're gonna do now, and then they're confused again the next episode. That's that's what I'm reading here. This I mean, is the writers yeah. like writing out what's ha- acknowledging what's sure. going on. That makes sense. I did not pick up on that subtext, so shout out to you for that. Um, I I just want to move on and like I don't know, just here's what I do think is kind of um interesting. There's a couple things. One, Worf gets robbed, and nobody nobody enjoys that experience. Um, the best thing that ever happened to me financially was having my house broken into um, because I have renter's insurance, and they cut checks. Um, <laughs> a, a mix of being unemployed during the pandemic and getting yeah. my house broken into yeah. is is the way the the way that I've been able to advance financially most in my twenty year working career, which says something um and we'll definitely connect to, to the main topic of this episode but continue. it says something um, <laughs> but okay so um he gets robbed he gets in there and he's frustrated with what's going on you know Worf of all people is the one who i think could emotionally handle getting robbed the least he's an uptight person he probably doesn't have a ton of personal effects um, but the ones that he has, I'm sure, like mean a lot to him. He's a very like, de- like a deeply emotional person underneath everything. Um, so like he's he's very frustrated. He goes in there. He gets read down real hard. And then the thing that I appreciate is he's like, listen, the station's like freaking me out. Like I'm having a hard time adjusting to this. I got I just got robbed, and his solution is. You know what? Let me just like, and all these people are stressing me out. Let me just move into this this little place with some more privacy, and that's what and I and I'll be fine. It's gonna make me happier. I'll be fine. Instead of doing what people do, which is, uh, let me come into this place and just gentrify the shit out of it, or let me let me move into this neighborhood and things are happening. I'm gonna call the cops on everybody. I'm going to um, do like get get a uh, homeless encampment sweeps i'm gonna get um i'm gonna get like i'm gonna have you know gavin newsom and london breed like go to the supreme court to try to like allow me to get to to excise this undesirable population to disappear these people he doesn't do that he's not trying to disappear anybody he's just like you know what uh this all is a little too hectic for me so i'm gonna go to a place um, that's a safer space for me. And I'm gonna like everything that's happening over there is happening over there. So I'm so I'm saying that he could have been it could have gone a different way that would have been even yes. worse. And then I'll say another thing. Yeah, another thing. We got the, we got this episode where um these people at Quirks are working for their basic like to 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 get enough for their basic needs, which is a little confusing because it's not like they're paying for their quarters on the station either. Like, well, actually, like they probably are. The Federation's taking rent. It's technically a Bajoran station, and so like there are times where they're like, "Well, actually, this is like Bajoran situation," and then there's times where it's like, "This is actually the Federation situation." Um, like it, we it could it could line. happen, but that's not something that we've ever 
we've never it's, seen it's, a single right. person been like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make rent. I don't know if I'm going to get food. Like, well, I mean, like they're saying, like the workers were saying that they can't take a they can't take a pay cut. So I'm assuming right. that's I'm just, probably like not like if the infirmary is open and available to all. Like I'm pretty sure Bashir is not like asking for copays at the door. Then they just have to worry about you know food and probably lodging. Someone hits your someone hits your like communicator. You're at yeah, lunch and it's just like, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> and they're just like because since everything's on speakerphone, just like um, you need you owe two thousand dollars for X-rays. You know, Jesus Christ. This will get uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're right. Was, it's it's, it's a, not specified. You're right. It's not but, explicitly stated. So like so they're. I think that's like a plot or whatever it does it's not important. It's but not. um they're fighting for their basic needs whereas for the the Starfleet personnel those basic needs are all met. Like they can work they can work jobs that bring them personal satisfaction mm-hmm. as opposed to working whatever job they need in order to like pay for these necessities. So O'Brien is working a job where he's personally satisfied. Worf is like, yo, this place is fucking falling apart all the time. And O'Brien heart eyes is like, I know, isn't it great? <laughs> you know, because he's got something to do. And he's yeah, like, he does. yeah, when I was on the Enterprise, it sucked for me because I was just sitting around doing nothing. Like I like I actually had a shit job in the Enterprise because everything was working so well. So like, you know, O'Brien's found something that makes him happy. Worf is advocating for himself to like, to, to, He's also advocating for himself to get what he needs in order to have peace and happiness. Right. So it's, it's you know, I think there's a little parallel there. No, I, I think you're right. I think that's fair. I just, I, it, I think that because there is so much that I enjoy about the um, union side of things that it was just like, I, I don't care you know about oh for sure that i'm like all the stuff like this is a it's funny in retrospect on these types of episodes because like we remember them for like oh it's this it's this like important union episode you know star trek was talking about union they, they you know rom dropped marks you know like it's like a big deal but if it's when you're writing this thing you're just like i gotta get an a b and c plot like yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, like, what's funny? So it's, it's yeah. So you have something in there, like in the seminal episode, that's just kind of dumb. Yeah, and and no one ever remembers that. Like, we all remember he wasn't just a hero; he was a union man. Like, we remember yeah. that. we remember Rom <laughs> quoting Marx. Like, we remember that stuff. Um, but uh, it's funny because the original, like, the original idea for the story was originally going to be tacked on to an earlier episode as like a B plot or a C plot. And so it wasn't even going to get that much attention. It would have been something that kind of just came and went. But as they were writing it and as they were working on it, they're like, oh no, this is fun. Like we really, really want to expand it. And and then it became the A story of its own episode, right? Um, And I'm super glad that that happened because, you know, we get a lot of great quotes. We get a lot of great lines. You know, the situation in its entirety is wonderful. Um, the episode is um, definitely something that is close to a lot of the product, like people on the production team's hearts in the sense that pretty much they're all like they're all 
union members. Like, so it's not just that they're all union members, but Armin Shimmerman, who plays Quark, was on the board of directors of SAG at the time. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you know, they're 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 about it about it, right? Um, you know, we all we've we've mentioned several times Comrade Wallace Sean. He's not in this episode, but like, you know, there's plenty of people in the cast that are about that life. Last year there were, you know, plenty of photos of um the actors that played Quark, Rom, Lita, you know, et cetera, that were on the picket lines. Like, so, you know, they're, they're union people. And so it's, I'm definitely, I'm personally glad that they expanded into a big storyline because it is, uh, yeah, it's just a really memorable episode. I mean, I think that it's, it's funny. I, there is a kind of a great distillation of what a union is and like what its purpose is in this episode. And it's provided in the form of entertainment, you know, like I've talked with my college freshman students the past few semesters about unions in part based on, you know, because it was in my syllabus to talk about unions, but also last spring, my union that I'm a part of um, at my university, we were on strike for a while. Uh, not as a, not as long as I would have liked, but what can you do? Um, but we were on strike for about a week. And, you know, my students had like a real world example of, oh, this is what a union is. This is what y'all are doing. And it's really cool. And I found it interesting how the various times that I've tried explaining a union to my students about what its purpose is, what benefit it has, and also the power of collective action, and how I've tried explaining it, and how just really well distilled all of that information is in this episode. It's almost like, you know, the writers were able to write successfully. Almost like that. Almost like that. Now, the I was talking to you offline about this, but one of the things um, that's most impressive to me about this episode is, you know, it's Star Trek. We talked last week, like they're on the nose with whatever it is that they're trying to say, like yeah. um, the Negron uh, experiment or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, complex. complex. But when Star Trek is good, it's not that they're subtle, it's that the story holds up, is that it's entertaining, is that they they remember that their first job is to be an inter entertainment product. You know, like Star Trek isn't fine art. Star Trek isn't like some impressionist, but like it's Star Trek is pop pop culture, but you know, they're they're trying to say something or whatever, that's great. But the first thing you need to to do is be a good entertainment product. Sure, I I agree. I feel like the one part of this episode where, like, I think that if it were on a modern Star Trek show, <laughs> people would have issues with for many reasons. But like when Rom says "workers the world unite," I feel like it's not that it's necessarily on the nose, which it kind of is, but it's also just it's like in some ways the most preachy part of the episode because again because it is you know and i feel like if that was that particular line was said by a character on one of the modern shows i feel like people would have issues with it um but you're right i mean like the entire episode is incredibly entertaining you know we've got a whole complete arc 
um, for these characters. This is the most that we've seen of Lita so far in the show. Like, she's popped up in a couple episodes before, but, like, we get a full sense of this person has a whole life. You know, she has a boyfriend with Bashir. She's working. She's working class. She is worried about paying her bills. Um, and she is passionate about something. Like, she is, apart from Rom, she is the loudest voice in the room that is chanting, you know, for strike. That is, you know, that is, um, you know, trying to accomplish the goal of uh, getting their union demands met. And so we've got that aspect. We've got a really great arc for Rom where he is realizing that there's only so far that he can go as an employee of his brother, but there is a lot, like he can go a lot further as a brother and he can go a lot further if he is just a brother and not a brother and an employee of Quark. And so the character growth for him is realizing that um, he, because he cares about his brother so much, like he has to leave the family business and, and be his own person. And in him being his own person, he will be able to better have, he will be able to better show up for his brother and also have a better relationship with him as well. Um, and so we get a great character arc for, for Rom too. Um, and, you know, setting the stage for future storylines, which are fun when they, when they happen, we'll get to, um, but yeah, I mean, what do you, what for you was like the biggest entertainment element about this episode? Um, Obviously, the stuff between Quark and Rom, but we have—I mean, you have a scene, you know, with Cisco. You and there's like Cisco's got moments that are—he gets to be big. There's, you know, even the as much as it's ridiculous that, um, you know, jailhouse scene with all of them, like that's entertaining. Um, you know, like, the whole way, there's, like, little jokes here and there, like, the whole way through, like, the episode just glides. Like, sometimes when they get into the stuff, it, f it feels, like, when they try to, like, say something, it can feel just, like, a slog. Like, okay, we're just, you know, exposition the whole way, we're just doing whatever. This felt like a normal length Star Trek episode. How do you mean? It just, It felt like Oh, this is like this is a normal forty-two minutes of of DS nine as opposed to when it's like this is forty-three minutes, but it feels like sixty. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean it. It um it moves for sure, you know, and I think also because um typically with union actions things take a little bit longer <laughs> than as depicted <laughs> yeah and so there's definitely a a, a, a great amount of con con condensing um of real world um type stuff for it to actually get to this point you know um and so i don't know i i think it's just it's a real credit to the writers for the pacing of it for um the different kind of storylines that are emphasized like making this like the heart of the story be about 
Rom's relationship with Quark, you know, like that was just very effective because it's something that, um, you know, while unfortunately union participation nationwide has decreased um, over the years, even though it's like picking back up, um, while not everyone can relate from the union perspective, like everyone that's watching it can relate from the familial perspective, you know, and right. so connecting those two things together is a another way to bring people into being more interested in unions in the first place and like understanding the stakes but also you know connecting with more you know more viewers based on uh the kind of storyline that they pursued the i mean more people can connect to family than being in a union but maybe even more people than that can connect to feeling exploited at their job well that's right well i mean that's the thing you know like like having having a boss that doesn't give a shit about you and is trying to squeeze you for like every bit of value and give you the least amount back right every single time that i see fucking bootlickers i know don't ever read the comments i know i know i know but i still do anytime that i ever like anytime that there's a tweet about some you know, anti-worker business practice, or not even just anti-worker. Oh, well, they like, got to do it, because uh, what about the profits? Exactly. What about the quarterly was... uh, shareholder <laughs> returns? They say it just like that. Um, There was this one video that I just watched that was, um, you know, portraying an example of someone that has a need for um, accessibility accommodations, getting hired at a new job. And it's like, Hey, you know, how's your, how's the new job starting? And the other person's like, great, here's my list of accommodations that I need for this job. And they're, and the manager is like, Oh, I wish you had told me during the interview. It's like, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you that because you're just going to not give me the job. Also, a, I don't have to disclose that, disclose that shit because legally I don't have to disclose that shit. And secondly, no like that's just private information like you don't need to know that during an interview the amount of fucking bootlickers in the comments be like well i would have fired you yes that's the point that's why no one's saying anything you were lying during your interview no just, anyway i just i cannot understand how like especially during covid we all experienced to varying degrees how fucking little companies care about us how fucking little the government cares about us all all anyone cared about was getting businesses running up again making sure that we move from remote work to in uh in-person work because we got to make sure that we've got the you know make sure our office buildings are creating value creating profit all the time that the frontline workers were being praised in the press of like oh they are they're the real heroes. Meanwhile, they're given no health protections whatsoever. Amazon warehouse well, fucking, yeah. you know, petri dishes of COVID. And people like the lesson that so many people learned during COVID is to just be more pro corporation. Why? For the, what uh, reason? Amazon warehouse is putting the P in petri dish they do there was this line that was like so like that that rom was saying to bashir you don't understand workers don't want to stop the exploitation we want to find a way to become the exploiters and i'm like preach rob you are so fucking right i don't understand it it's the same mentality of like people thinking that they're just that they're like pre-billionaires and so anytime like a working class individual is like well we shouldn't tax the rich 
even though they're not rich, even though they're never, ever going to be rich, they just they have the mentality that, oh, but someday I could be. I, that I, was the, um, like, the this, this Steinbeck quote about how socialism never took root in America because the poor see themselves not as exploited proletariat, but as temporarily right. embarrassed millionaires. The temporarily right. embarrassed millionaires is such a bar. I just... Such a good line. I don't know. That guy should probably write. Um, yeah. No, it's that's the thing is you both have you have both the um one day we'll get this like um yeah. lottery aspiration of of american yeah. um exceptionalism and the, the american right. dream right. the american dream which is just like maybe i could win the lotto too like one way or the other either by literally playing the lotto or by exploiting the right set of people or right set of land or whatever yeah um so there's like that aspect of it but there's also a kind of religious aspect too of yes you know like this is the you know they talk about you know this is a christian nation or whatever people people like uh like a bill Maher or whatever will be the sort of like raging atheist about whatever but i'm like the the actual religion of america and of the west is capitalism right and you're you're a good subject of capitalism if you like by believing in all the precepts you know and so you so you get out there and it's like hey uh we're getting fucked over and you get in the comments we should be getting fucked over this is what's right if we don't get fucked over then the whole thing falls apart and you know if we didn't get fucked over this bit we'd be fucked over even worse or like whatever it is you know like um it's really it's embarrassing because there's nothing you could say to people because um there's no there's no consciousness there you know and you know the 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 value of an episode like this is and obviously it's not like a gospel track or something but like ideally you could see yourself in the in rom's position or one of these workers position and um gain a little bit of consciousness about your own class position one would hope one would hope the other thing is um you know people here are are individualist individualistic sociopathic narcissists and the idea of having to potentially sacrifice something for for someone else or put yourself at risk for the benefit of someone else um is just complete anathema and you know that's why it's everything is reduced to smaller and smaller units. And this, this gets to be where it's difficult because um, like a basic politic is like, everyone should be able to just to have a good life, you know, like, but everyone means everyone, which means that like the, the, uh, the fat, dumb red state people who are crossing the picket line should also have free healthcare, and they should also yeah. have, you know what I mean. And um, one of the the original, the you know, starting with categorizing human beings the way that didn't really exist um, pre, you know, pre pre Enlightenment, pre pre capitalism, of just like of demographically separating people in these like clear categories and 
you know, labeling is so that you're, but you're always able to divide in groups and out groups this way. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, there's obviously people do terrible things and like, we need to protect ourselves from those people and yada, yada. But at the same time, I do think that like the fact that right now we're set up to just sort of like, not just like hate people, but dismiss their well-being. If they, you know, like everything's because everything's labeled to such minute degrees, everything's able to be separated like, at every level. And so you get to a place where it's like, well, am I going to sacrifice for this person who like that wouldn't even really give yeah. a shit about me? This racist, this whatever, you know? It's like, yeah, it's, it's going to have to be that way because, right. you know, the the big the big boss is laughing all the way to the bank. It's, I mean, it's it's nothing original to say that like there's more of us than there are of them. Like there's more of us than there are of the one percent. Like that's just right there. And if we're able to band together, then we can actually you know affect change and like have a positive impact all across the board. But and again, it's not original to say that those in power lean on the facts um or um count on um various you know people groups minority group like literal minority groups or just you know the working class not actually banding together you know to overthrow <laughs> um those in power because if they can create scenarios where we're all just fighting against each other and we're not you know working for the collective good then they can stay in power and they don't have to give up power. Um, it's I know that's not original to say, but it's no, no, like I, absolutely. It's true. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it's something that it required, um, you know, the other Ferengi that were employees of Quark to set aside their own desire to become the exploiters so that they can work for the benefit of everyone else. Like that's something that, you know, is literally antithetical to their own personal and like cultural beliefs, but they were able to do it because they saw that it would be beneficial to everyone, you know? Um, and it's, I, I had my students read this article. I think that you and I talked about it last year, but it was during the December 22 Southwest airlines fiasco, um, yeah. all the canceled, air, you know, uh, uh, flights and all that stuff. And it was, I don't know if his name was Adam Johnson. I think it was something yeah, it's, basic as, you know, just two basic yeah. names strung together. Um, yeah. But, you know, just talking about like the different ways that capital pits workers against each other. And like, it's so, it should be so clear that we should all be working together and like, you know, literally doing collective action, collective bargaining and yet it's it can be so hard to get people on board the in, the incentives and logics of capitalism like always will drive this way sure you know when you get to someone and it's like hey you can join up or you could like i'll give you this to not you know right. like I'll, I'll you know and you're going to take you're going to take what's more or yeah if they can't if they can't do that they'll just threaten you and crush whatever it is you're doing i I worked at a job where, um, and this is again, where just like all the labels of identity that people put on don't necessarily matter. Like I had this lesbian boss who, um, 
what who literally said the thing that Quark said, which is that um I'm paying you to I don't pay you to think, I'm paying you to like work. She's like I've heard her say that. Literally, heard her say that to, what the money was for literally to say no, not no, because yeah. that, that's about what what it is that you're like wanting respect and what you deserve. What she said is I'm not paying you to think. Right. I don't want like you you are you are just like an input in a factory. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not a human person. You need to yeah. shut shut that part off. Yeah, it's uh it's you know, it's the phrase not all can folk or, or not all skin folk or can folk. It's it's we never want to acknowledge that our it be our own people that could be problematic and and horrible as fuck, but they can but be that again is that again is the the problem of thinking of yourselves in these identity groups anyway that's a different discussion but I mean, you're not wrong the, but yeah but... the um i mean that's that's the trap like yes. because they pit because like they're the ones putting all the all the like right. all the lgbtq people together that doesn't mean that that's that that's a real like you don't necessarily have more in common with one of these people or you're not connected to to some random gay somewhere than you are to some random swede somewhere like these are these are these are not necessarily well um, that's that's my point you could be more you (laughs) could could be more connected the other thing that she would say is um she walks by some people talking some workers talking these are like you know warehouse type workers and someone said something like oh we should like go talk together about like this raise or whatever and she had said she said if i hear anyone talking about say the word union i will fire you on the spot right and if you and if you and if you're around to hear someone say the word union i'm gonna fire you too yeah i mean that yeah unfortunately like that's just an all too common approach but you're right it's not she drove a corvette with a iron rand institute uh license frame it could have it could have been more (laughs) but yeah yeah. she had her she had her midlife crisis um car um i don't who drives fucking corvettes like you know honestly a person drives it's funny that you said that because i was talking to my friend and he was like oh someone parked a cyber truck in front of my job like and i was just like um and he sent me a picture of the cyber truck and i was like you know it used to be the midlife crisis would get you a corvette and this is how far we've fallen we're losing recipes at least a corvette how you're laughing about i'm like listen a corvette like does it say i'm a sad person yes but is it also like awesome yes <laughs> like yeah. like if someone looked at you and was like hey do you want to drive a corvette like would you if say no someone, you know what if, I mean? if someone like during their like if you during your midlife crisis bought one of those 70s era corvette stingrays like a la the mystery men style corvette like i i would i would like ask if you're okay while I'm getting a ride from you in your car. Like we're gonna be just cruising around LA and I'm gonna benefit from the fact that you have bought this ridiculous purchase. But you know, I'm gonna check in with you. How did you uh, how did you reference such a badass cool car by by saying mystery men? Because he had a fucking Corvette Stingray limo. There's, there's a million listen, all you he have to do is say Cor- Corvette Stingray limo. All you have to do is say Corvette Stingray, and everyone's like, "Yeah, that's cool." I don't cool. know how a lot of people 
are what? about cars. Huh? I don't know how up you are about cars. I don't know what a Corvette Stingray is. Okay. I don't know. I'm a, I, I've grown up a man in America. Like, what do you... I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, neither of us had, like, the typical man upbringings from our from our dad. So, I don't know. You don't know. I had a, I, well, I've had a sick-ass car. That is true. You have had a sick-ass car. And this is also a sick-ass car. So, I'm just saying. It's also a sick-ass And I'm saying that... That uh, mystery men is many things. It is not cool. It is not sick ass. But uh, anyways, <laughs> it was on auction on eBay back in 2007. I don't know where it currently is, but <laughs> I just was curious uh, what happens to that particular limo. It's fabulous. Um, There's a couple. Um, do you want to talk like about um, like a couple more union points in the episode? Feel free. Um, there are a couple of things you know, some observations. Um, the Cisco, well, why don't you, um, let's see, how should I start this? Sorry, why don't you, uh, why don't you go to, why don't you go to, uh, yeah, stop being distracted. <laughs> why don't you go to your favorite scene? Cause that's gonna, that's where I, I've got okay. So talking about favorite scenes in the episode, my favorite, and I have it in the notes that Cisco throwing his dick around at quirk. Um, which is kind of an accurate description. I, A, first of all, love that Cisco is um, essentially pro-union. Like, that's kind of like, we can put him in that camp. I don't know if that position is explicitly um, articulated, but he very much is on the side of, like, you need to make a deal with your people. Like, it's not a let's work together to get your people to stop striking it's no you need to you need to work a deal so i can see that um but i love that he's just like on the topic of money since y'all aren't trying to since you're not trying to pay your workers what if uh i just you know put a few numbers into the old calculator uh five years of uh unpaid rent or uncharged rent rather um, all the maintenance costs, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And let's see what that totals up to. Which one would you rather pay? And I love that. I just, you know, we don't like, it's not that we don't often see Ben throwing his dick around at court. Cause we see it in the first episode of the series. Like that's just like a common theme of their relationship, but it's always so satisfying whenever it shows up, you know? No, absolutely. We love we love Cisco swinging it around. Yes. Um, but this this gets me to to the other like you know union points here that that they yeah. cleverly like just drop in. Um, Quark, like all bosses, like cries poverty. Like I have to like you have to take this pay cut or we can't afford raises. There's no way that we do bonuses. We got to lay off, you know, departments, blah, 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 blah. Um, and Quark's saying all this. But Cisco's like, um, you know, Cisco's in place of the government, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the intermediary. Um, and Cisco's like, uh, I don't know. You actually are getting like tons of free shit. You're not paying taxes. You know, all that's offshore. You don't, you don't have to pay anything. Um, we're giving you this land for free. You're not being charged rent, yada, 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 right? And that's, like, that's the case. All these corporations talking all this stuff about profit margins and 
losses and blah 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 when we know that first off like capitalism is nothing but um a series of like bookkeeping trips and tricks and shell games yeah um, raccoons in a trench coat you know just like oh we're moving money to show losses we're doing this to do this you know like all that stuff but at the end of the day um quark is the one who's getting millions in in uh you know subsidies and free shit right works a welfare queen out here yeah. you know like yeah. um you know while crying poor um cisco is isn't bringing ramen to be like yo you gotta like figure something out is bringing cork in because at the end of the day the people who need to to shut down a strike are the bosses who need to to pay people fairly and i don't know if there's any unions where people are being paid fairly um, just you know, but you're going to get paid a, a lot better than you would on your own as a single yeah. individual, as opposed right. to you know the collective bargaining power of however many people. This is where um, you know Cisco being the government player and going after Quark is where this loses touch with reality, um, and is sort of like the more like hopeful liberal thing. I mean, you know, at this point, um, you know, the big strikes. That have happened, um, you know, like Reagan is famously the one stepping in on like the tra- air traffic controllers, <laughs> shutting, it, shutting it down. Um, but it's not just a uh, Reagan thing. Like Biden, who famously takes took the Amtrak all the time, big into uh, trains, big into train people. Um, he shut that shit down. Told them all um, to stop asking for extra sick time. And to shut the, you know, what did who did Biden go to to shut down the strike? He went to the workers and told them they got to go back to work. Right. I mean, you know? didn't Obama do that too? Yeah, of course. I mean, all these, they you are. know, again, who does the president work for? Blah 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 blah. But um, you know, this is sort of like in the ideal version of a capitalist system where you have you have this like the ideal system is we have a government who's going to step in and keep the playing field at a balance you mm. know that's been set where obviously the balance is still the people who own capital coming out way 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 ahead but it's something that keeps keeps some order to it you know i think that there's a lot that's been out there as you said we all went through that pandemic i think that when we went through the pandemic and people people weren't working but were getting checks and we're like oh this is possible we don't have to you know like all that and you had politicians who were furious about it because they're like how are we going to get people to take shit jobs for no money <laughs> if, they, right. if they if they are going to take if they're going to get more by not working right. right which is sort of like exposing the game and i think they understand that and i think that you know, I think that the the way that we are are right now is unsustainable. Like we're so far out of balance, and people are getting so little um, that you know. I think that there are shakeups coming. Unfortunately, those shakeups, you know, look like fascism and uh, and mass death. But you know, well, you know, <clears throat> as as much as we want unions, as much as we want worker power. The police have been given um, tanks and uh, assault rifles 
and uh, the U.S. police force has a higher military budget than like any country in the world. So when it comes, you know, when it comes to there's more of us than them, they know that and they've been preparing for the last decades. And, uh, you know, so I don't know how optimistic I am. If we talk long enough, I'm going to end up here where it's like, I don't know if there's any hope here. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the story of me being a teacher to my students and trying to get them to not be entirely cynical about their future. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, but uh, but yeah. So, anyways, um, good on Cisco for not being uh, for not being Joe Biden. Yes, I I would add to that that um, like going back to the whole bootlicker thing that. Um, in this case, Quark is a business owner. So like he's, you know, essentially the top of the chain, even though there are, you know, there's still like the FCA that he has to report to and all that. But I found it ironic that even he is not exempt from the hammer getting thrown on. Yeah. Him. Like he got beat up, like all the bootlicking, like all the managers, like in, especially like in lower management, that are being aggressively anti-union like your old boss like sure she has corvette but i'm assuming she's not like the top of the top she's she probably doesn't she's not the business owner you know she's still um you walked she walked through my office um on the way to a meeting and was all you know like hi you know papa marching through saying something dismissive and then um, I was working and like an hour later she walks she walks out and I'm like, oh hey Lori, like see you see you on uh, Monday and just storms out and uh turns out she had gotten dropped. Yeah. So like she had been doing the, the bidding of the owner. She had been writing me about if anyone if any one of my employees had um overtime, I was getting right. you know, a lecture. I was like, I got written up for having too many full-time people when they kept telling me that I needed to hire only, you know, part-time people. So they wouldn't have to pay benefits, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She carried all that water. She rode everybody so hard and she was out of there with the box, just like anybody else. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's you're just because you're, you know, towing the company line doesn't mean that you're going to be exempt from it. Uh, and frankly, if management got on board with union shit, they would benefit from it too. Yeah. You know, really management or whatever. The thing, the thing about this, like when you think about stuff at the systemic level, as opposed to the individual level, you see that, that everybody's constrained in this system. Right. You know, even, even the owners, even the whatever, like, like there's, there are enough, there are enough things in place to keep everybody in line and everybody's beholden. Anybody can get it. Even, even, even the, the top dogs. Speaking of getting it, what was your favorite scene in this episode? <laughs> Mine was miles. Um, giving this very inspiring talk about Sean O'Brien and Sean all Ryan. the work that <laughs> little Sean Connery there is. I, no, no, no! I said it, but like, do it like it was not a full attempt to try to do an Irish accent. It was just like I just want to say this word, but it was kind of an attempt at an accent, but a very half-hearted 
weak attempt and not even a very specific accent, you know? Anyways, we can Yeah, no, it was tough. So he was talking about um, this, you know, heroic story about this great union man, his ancestor who did all this work um, and then got got whacked by the right. by the fat cats. It was just funny to me that that's where they did. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously for like the humor of Rom being like, wait, fuck, that could happen to me, you know, but also like. It emboldened the shit out of him. He's like, you know what? If I'm going out the way of Sean O'Brien, then I'm going to go out the way of Sean O'Brien. You know, like mm -hmm. he was, he was, he was about that life. You can't fault him for that. You can't be mad at that. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it is, you know, as I said, like it's the source of a lot of great uh, memes and uh, internet content. Uh, yeah. We'd love to see it. Um, who had a good episode this week? Um, I mean, I put Rom because obviously Rom had a good episode, but uh, who did you have? Well, I had Rom, who obviously had a good episode, but that's boring. So I put in Odo. Yeah. Because Odo got his ass kicked by Worf during the uh, the time when Odo was just simping around, following, you know, trying to sniff chairs that Kira yeah. just got up out of um, for that whole episode. Yeah. And um, he had something for him. You know, like, he had this file of all the things that, like, happened on uh, TNG episodes that he was like, the next time Worf comes in here, I'm going to be ready for his ass. And, uh, and he read him down, like, real hard on, yeah. like, oh, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about the time this happened? Should I go on? Do you want me to continue? No, you know, like what not, not. One of the things about Odo is that if nothing else, he's going to be a sassy bitch. And, he is uh, going to be you a know, sassy bitch, yeah. There you go. He, he got that in. It's And a, he got to, the, like, yeah, go ahead. One of the most consistent archetypes on a Star Trek show is that there has to be at least a sassy bitch. Yes. Yeah, starting with Spock. Um, yeah, it is... It, it was great. It was... You know, just as Cisco threw his dick around at Quark, uh, you know, Odo threw whatever appendage he chose just, to have. Just that kept morphing it out, just out and out. Yeah. <laughs> just not stop it. I had Worf as wanting a redo uh, for, for what we just referenced uh, this week. I'm pretty sure that he could have done without that beatdown, but, um, you know. You he took it and kept it moving like real like he, he was just like all right i feel i get you yeah. you know it's like let's keep it moving i'm just frustrated you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh who, guess, very graciously yes uh who wanted to read it this week for you um brunt fca brunt fca uh uh yeah he came out there you know like nobody's hornier on the show than Brunt to take Quark down. And he was coming in. And also no one's hornier for Lita, which is surprising considering Rom and Bashir are both in this episode. <laughs> um, Jake's somewhere in the corner. Um, he did the whole, like, you know, the scene with, uh, um, uh, on Mad Men with, uh, fuck, how did I forget her name? But when they when they're doing like the what the Honda Toyota pitch, uh huh, yeah, and they're the they're not so subtle, are they? 
It's like no, like he did that to Lita. To yeah. Joan. yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, that was that was tough by you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happens like that. Um, <laughs> no, he was just like he's in there to take everybody down, and he doesn't break the union. They get what they want, and he doesn't shut down Quark. He keeps it moving. Yeah, he he got nothing. Just he got completely, nothing. completely ineffective. You know, he came in there trying to swing his dick around, and uh, it it you know, slapped him back on the face. And he, well, yeah, he got crickets. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, sorry. Um, straight thoughts. I felt like Quark's acting and his character was like somewhat off this entire episode. There was some intentionality behind it that they felt that his character was becoming a little too soft and like sweet and they wanted to remind the audience that like no he's actually an asshole but it's still like there was just i don't know it was like the pacing of his yeah a little bit subdued in a weird way um it was just a little bit bizarre um sleepy sleepy joe up there sleepy joe quirk um i really enjoy the scene like during that middle of the miles talking about sean o'brien scene uh he's talking about his family and Bashir is like, I didn't know that. And Miles is like, there's a lot of things you don't know about my family. It was just like a very, <laughs> like, a, that's a conversation a couple has with each other. Like you don't know my life. Like it was just, it was just very cute. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. A couple of uh, random trivia things. Uh, they had professional dart players to play the two Nausicaan guards specifically for the scene that they throw darts at each other just because they wanted to make sure that the darts like actually hit where they wanted them to hit this this is um a factoid that frustrates the it frustrates me that i've heard this there's there okay. couldn't have been a more boring fucking thing to, to think. <laughs> and right. it was like so extra because it's not like they're throwing darts at each other really hard at distance and no, they needed just, to hit a target they're, right they're like a foot away from each other yeah. And you could have gotten any child to do that. And there was they were just like soft tossing it. Like I don't yeah. like if you're gonna if you're talking to me, oh, we got professional dark <laughs> players, like then, then show me something. I'm I'm you know, give sorry, me, give me sorry a William Tell men. situation or something. I don't know. Sorry to those men. I'm not even gonna name drop their names. Thank uh, you. Sorry to them. Thank you. Let's let's um, move on and pretend that we never spoke of yeah. this. Rom's confession of self-administering Umox is the first solution to masturbation in all of Star Trek. So we finally got there after, you know, 30 years or, or... It's something that Star Trek writers know much about. Something that they know much about and they spend a lot of time thinking about it when writing these episodes. I think it's the first that mentioned. they are much much identified with Rom rather than Bashir. I would agree. I would agree with that. So, um, speaking of Rom, uh, out of all, like we've already referenced so many of the different lines in the show, but I really loved this one when they were like after the intimidation effort by uh, uh, by Brett, one of the uh, one of the Frankie dudes was like, but what about our accounts on Fragonar? And Rom hits him with, if your accounts on Fragonar were worth anything, you wouldn't be working as a waiter. In- incredible. One of my favorite things, <laughs> one of my favorite, like one thing that I want my rappers to do is tell me how broke I am. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like in their songs, like, like, like 
like talk shit about someone who drives like a Honda Accord or a Corolla or something like or like real like like hit hit me hit me in a way that like just really uncomfortable like where yeah. I don't you know one of my favorite uh, moments in sports was back in like 20, 2011. LeBron James is in the NBA Finals. He has a poor showing, and they lose. And they're just like, you know, the reporters are going after him. It's it's really awkward to have, like, your worst day at work and then have a bunch of people ask you about it, like, minutes later. It's you know? not what I would want. It's not what it's, I would want for myself. It's real tough. And he just sat back there, and he's just like, you know, well, um, after this, I'm going to go back to my life, and, like, they, they're all going to have to go back to their lives. Yeah. He did it, like... He didn't technically say like y'all are broke, yeah. bitches or whatever. But he's like, yeah, you could you're gonna go back to your life and like, and he's just like, whatever it was, like, it's still gonna be there for you. <laughs> like Leo on the Wolf of Wall Street, that like I'm here on my yacht and you're gonna go take home, like take the subway back to Brooklyn. <laughs> my God, <laughs> how are you gonna do, Coach Taylor, like that? That's <laughs> <laughs> rough. Um, next week's episode is Ascension. Uh, a man claims to be the emissary. Uh, uh, and uh, Cisco is like, Oh, someone else wants to be the emissary? Awesome, feel free to take it. I'm out. Um, but of course, this does kind of bring up a little bit of conflict and confusion. Um, with Bajorans because they're like, But we we thought we found our guy. But this guy is saying that he's the guy and he sounds legit and he actually wants the job because Cisco doesn't want the job at all. Uh, and yeah, it's going to, it's going to, hey, do you think that it's going to be like, you know, how they say that, like, you know, the, the, a good leader is the one that didn't want it in the first place, you know, right. not to trust yeah. it. You know, some of that. I think there's going to be some of that in there. Maybe. 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 Uh, Keiko also returns to the station next week. Oh, her. Uh, we're gonna have a little bit of a rift, uh, or uh, not a uh, not a rift, but a just a Miles and Bashir have been like, oh, 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 so we can't spend as much time together anymore. Oh yeah, you're living. Um, that's very real. You know, I'm in a situation in my relationship where we have we're very excited for each other to have their own lives and have fun, and there's. Like, I've never had the, like, uh, you know, naggy wife not letting you go be with your, your friends, like, That's... caricature. But I have known some who have. Same. <laughs> Same. I have, I have <laughs> known some who very much, like, I, come home I, and get in trouble, yeah. like, like a, you know, 16-year-old breaking curfew or something. It it is so uncomfortable. I, I've I've known gay couples to be like that as well. It's not just a heterosexual thing, as it turns out. <laughs> Again, I, I I'm sure that that's the case. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm justice be... for Keiko. The episode Keiko in Worf. The episode where Worf delivers Keiko's baby yeah. on like Change. what just inc incredible, great stuff, incredible stuff. She's yeah. great. Worf is great um it, you know. there's yeah there's going to be another keiko and Worf related moment in a few future episode that's it's peak Worf comedy um i'll just say that it's going to be fun when we get to it uh there's in, in, in your fanfic um just you know mass poly orgy 
yeah. that you that you imagine DS9 to be like at all times. Not just like, yeah. every once in a while they gotta break the orgy to like do missions, but like <laughs> anytime they're not on camera, you know that they're just like in a sweaty heap that's just like a giant like ball that's rolling through the station. I, um but I mean you know, more well, like like yeah. just throw like you know, I think that you have your um your sights set too low for Keiko, you know, with what your fantasies are for her. Like, why not throw Worf in there? You know, like I mean, just, it's like, not the first get... time that Worf has moved in on another man's girl. <laughs> hey. It's not the first time. <laughs> uh, 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 you need a... Uh, I heard things are tough over there. You need a shoulder to cry? A big, burly I, shoulder? Did, hey, um, did I have two of how, every organ? How's... <laughs> I can't believe he's treating you like that. I would never. I would never treat you like that. I would treat you like the, like the angel that you are. Do, do you need me to go talk to him? I got. Do you see all my weapons on the wall? <laughs> I'll just go. I'll just come have a conversation with him. It's fine. Return to the dirty Mac. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's time for us to release Docky Clips to pilot our tough little ship away from Tarek Noir. If you like our show, we'd appreciate you giving it a five star rating and a glowing review. No. We demand it. It is our Thank you. of union demands to give us a five-star rating and a glowing review. Thank you all for listening. We hope you join us next week. But until then, walk with the profits, child. Mm-hmm.